Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft Coverage. It is the first time ever, and hopefully the first of many, many more to come. Belly Up Sports once again presents its MD's Fantasy Football NFL Draft Coverage on April 28th and 29th. So the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting where just traded with 50 different guests to bring you the most versatile coverage around from NFL analysis to fantasy football analysis and pick-by-pick betting analysis. Let's go to the pick here. Terrace Marshall finally off. Extensive coverage on the market live only on BellyUp.tv, Roku, and YouTube starting Thursday, April 28th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, welcome in, MD Nation, to the show. You are watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show on Belly Up TV and on the Belly Up Sports Roku channel. Subscribe to our YouTubes and comment in throughout the show or download us on your favorite podcast app afterwards. Get caught up and listen to us at your earliest convenience 
you're going to want to get caught up because today is going to be the last episode we do preparing you for the draft before we get to the draft next week on April 28th at 7.30 p.m. on Roku, on Belly Up TV, on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel. So we'll get a little more wide variety going that way. 50 different guests, NFL, fantasy football, pick-by-pick betting analysis, all that and more coming next week. But tonight we have the wide receivers, so we're capping off our fantasy draft rookie analysis with the wide receivers in tonight's show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm joined here with Chris Dauhauer. Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk about receivers, possibly one of my favorite positions going into the draft. Um, and I think this is going to be kind of exciting to kind of help MD Nation get ahead of that curve, as you talked about, as we prepare for that draft this upcoming week. Yes, we, we did the quarterbacks and the tight ends. Admittedly, not a lot to go on, not a lot of excitement on our ends for that one. Uh, we talked about the right backs. Some things to be excited about. Some things we'll have to wait and see. The wide receiver class is the gem. That is the gem of our fantasy football hopes and dreams and really the NFL draft in general. It's the wide receiver class, and it's it's the defensive line. It's the offensive lineman. I mean, that those are the deep classes this year. So we have a lot to get into today with we're not covering all the wide receivers today. We only have an hour, but uh, with the prospects that we like, not even necessarily like the most. I have some guys in here that will create a little debate around or that guys that we're different on the rest of the industry. We'll take you step by step. But it's fortuitous that we're talking about the wide receivers tonight because we have to hit the breaking news sounder for this. Breaking news. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Debo Samuel decides he's annoyed. He's done with these negotiations. He's done with the 49ers. He has officially demanded a trade. Now, we still haven't gotten exact details as to what the problem is behind the scenes. We know that the 49ers initially offered him a contract that seemed less than market value at first. The rumor is, though, they did offer him a contract that was at the what has become the new standard level for wide receivers. He still said no. The negotiations have soured. Now, the 49ers don't have to trade him, but he did demand a trade. And with the NFL draft a week from now, and a lot of teams looking at wide receivers, a lot of guys who missed out on the free agency, missed out on the Tyree Kill trade sweepstakes, all of a sudden we have a potential bidding war here and what could be the narrative of the draft, at least leading up to it anyway. So, Chris, let's take this step by step. Let's focus in first and foremost from a fantasy football perspective what do you think this does for Debo Samuel moving forward? Well, I think it's definitely going to devalue him. I mean, you still have to wait for remains where he winds up being. He can still kind of be a featured guy in some capacity, but I don't think he's ever going to kind of find the dual role that he was kind of comfortable with last year in coming out of the backfield as a running back and being utilized as the number one receiver as well. I think the 49ers built their offense around him, and I'll be surprised if anybody else kind of prioritizes in the same kind of way. There's very few offenses that are kind of built to run Kyle Shanahan's his offense, not necessarily guys from his tree, but the way he kind of calls it and the way he runs it. Um, so I'm a little 
a little curious what Debo thinks. I know he wants to get paid. Uh, I people are going to probably bring you know Tyree Kill and different people. You know Hopkins. I, I blame people like Christian Kirk. Great, <laughs> yeah. Well, just all the wide receivers in general this past off season got big money. And to your point, even guys like Christian Kirk got big money. So that's what, and he was going to make only $3 million heading into next year. I don't blame him for wanting a new contract, especially with his injury history going into this season. But there is that question of because of that history, and up until last season, it had been a pretty much an issue every single year. Did you actually deserve the primo? the new standard primo that has become for wide receivers with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and some of these other guys. Did you deserve that? The 49ers are kind of calling his bluff a little bit and are saying, you know what? Maybe we will trade you. He demanded trade. He wants out of there. So I agree with you. His fantasy value likely goes down. To your point, he's not going to be used as a dual threat guy. You're not going to pay a wide receiver, 20 to $25 million. That's probably what he's going to get. I'd be surprised if he got 30, but you're not going to pay him that much to make him a part-time running back because you're increasing the chance to get injured at that point. So I don't see that happening either. With the exception of some of the teams out there that are rumored to be in on the sweepstakes, like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers, everybody else is a, a downgrade. It's the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the New York Jets. The Jets being the team I think is the most likely outcome out of all of them, but they're all those are three teams that have subpar offenses, subpar quarterbacks, and would definitely be downgrades for Debo Samuel. So if you're looking at this from a dynasty standpoint, and you're you have Debo right now, I think you have to wait to see where he lands. But if you could get somebody to bite in on Debo before that happens, you might want to trade him off for what value you can get him now. Now, don't trade him for you know nothing, a, a box of rocks and garbage to go with it. But you want to, you might want to take a look what you can get before this trade goes down. Because if he does go to one of those places, he's not going to be his value. No, I think the only place you can maybe see the similar to you know equal value wouldn't be necessarily out of the backfield, but you know as a receiver could be Green Bay if he was you know those rumors were to come true in some kind of capacity. You know Devonte Adams ate quite well having Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, so I could see somebody having that who would feed you enough to kind of get your numbers fantasy wise. Other than that, there's very few even places that you talked about. And the quarterback's not just the par plays. They have a hard time getting their kind of playmakers. They have already the ball. Now add another weapon you know, on top of it. I would really be you know, kind of skeptical about Debo Samuel's per, um, you know, future. Yeah, you're talking about the Jets. The Jets, to you and me, I think we think that's the most likely outcome if he is to get traded or where he would wind up at. But this is a team that they have Corey Davis still. They have Elijah Moore still. Uh that's not exactly the type of place he's going to go to and have a huge target share. And again, I don't think you're going to pay a receiver that much money to have him be a part-time running back. So volume takes a hit. We still don't know exactly what Zach Wilson is. You and I have our hopes up for Zach Wilson, but we do have a lot of questions about LaFleur as the offensive coordinator there. So a lot of issues comes to that as the most likely place. It would have to be a Kansas City, a Green Bay for him to keep his value. But now let's think about this from this side. If Debo does ship out, all of a sudden you look back to the 49ers. What does that do for a Brian Ayuk? What does that do for a George Kittle? Well, it depends on who the quarterback is. Because if it's Trey Lance, I don't know if it does a whole lot for either one of those guys because he didn't seem to have a hard issue getting either one of those guys the ball, particularly George Kittle, um, you know, the ball when he was quarterbacking out there. I think that in theory it should help boost Brandon Ayuk. In theory, it should help you know boost George Kittle. George Kittle has been underutilized in San Francisco, I feel, criminally for the last four to five years. 
and Kyle Shanahan. So, and he's had multiple different receivers kind of available, you know, out there to use. And I think that's where I'm kind of don't know if Kittle's going to be the guy that steps up. So Ayuk should be that guy. We saw that two years ago um, where he would kind of, when Debo got injured and he kind of filled in a similar Debo role, the offense is kind of built and predicated around getting that guy the ball in space. So Ayuk definitely was one of the guys I had him on my, you know, as a rookie on my fantasy team, I was definitely very happy having him there. So he can definitely be the most, biggest beneficiary. Let's just worry about if he falls in, you know, Kyle Shanahan's doghouse at some point in the middle of the summer. <laughs> it, could be, it could be too talented, Dan. You know that. It could be too talented to play. Too talented. That makes him a not professional who who's not allowed, who can't practice or doesn't practice the right way and therefore doesn't play. And he's a draft pick. So they're they're not going to have a choice. They're, <laughs> they're not going to have a choice. He's going to have to be the guy. I don't think this affects George Kittle at all. The only thing that affects George Kittle's value is the health of the 49ers offensive line. If they're banged up, he's screwed because then he gets called in the blocks too much. If they're healthy, then he might actually be utilized as a weapon. That's neither here nor there when it comes to Debo Samuel. Now, Brain Ayuk, on the other hand, his value shoots way up because now the volume becomes available to him. And if they feature, they're not going to use him as a running back like they did for Debo, but if they feature him inside that offense the way they did for Debo Samuel, we are looking at a huge potential wide receiver three-year breakout for Brandon Ayuk this upcoming season in 2022. So keep your eyes peeled on that. While everyone maybe is getting swept up in the Debo Samuel of it all, maybe find out what's going on with the Brandon Ayuk side of things if you don't already have him on your team. But he's going to be one to watch out for in case this trade goes down. Yes, if this trade goes down, could they wind up drafting a wide receiver? Are they likely to draft a wide receiver? Most likely, but we got to see what that is, when that is. Remember, 49ers a team doesn't have a lot of draft picks, have other things they might feel like they need to fill before they get back to that. So a lot is going to be up in the air. But regardless, Brian Ayuk, if Debo's on the move, will be their number one receiver and the guy most likely to be featured in that role. And we've seen what that can mean for fantasy football purposes. But enough of that. Again, leave it to the NFL offseason to completely hijack our show from what we came here to talk about. But it's all all good stuff and what makes us so excited about football in the springtime. Let's get to these rookies, Chris. Okay, so like I said, we got I think we got 10 to 12 receivers that we want to try to talk about today. Let's kick it off with the guy that has been, for the most part, the consensus number one. There has been some debate created about him, about whether or not he gets enough separation for some people out there. But I'm big on Drake London. I think you're big on Drake London. What do you think about Drake London? Yeah, I think for me, I have a hard time kind of differentiating some of the top receivers. I think these guys all bring different skill sets, but there's no doubt in my mind Drake London is definitely an NFL starter and a guy that you want to keep your eye on, whether you're in Dynasty or Standard Leagues, um, Redraft Leagues, because this guy is going to be productive. I think his floor is amazing where he's just going to be a possession receiver and use a big body 6'5 guy. His ceiling could be this guy's a game changer in so many different ways because he can line up inside, he can line up outside. I know that there's a lot of you know questions about him his usage on the outside because he he was primarily primarily used in the slot in USC. Um, but I think I think the skill set you see with him is a lot like Cooper Cup, who we definitely seen is definitely fantasy gold last year. Um, but then add a six five guy who can use his body well, can break tackles. Um, I think this guy has all the package. He's not necessarily a blazer, but he's there, he brings everything you would want. I hate the comp for Mike Williams for him. I think he brings much more to the table than that. And these receivers we're going to kind of talk about, Dan, you said, you know, NFL kind of hijacked our show. I think it kind of helped make this show in the sense of where looking at these receivers and what people are going to get paid down the road, 
I look at some of these guys and wonder, are these guys really that much worse, quote unquote, than Debo Samuel? And you're willing to pay this guy $30 million, $25 million when you can have these guys for four or five years and give up the capital that you can have two or three of these guys possibly. So, um, yeah, Drake London to me is definitely a superstar guy that I think is waiting to kind of find his team. That's a legitimate argument to go along with, you know, debating upon do you want to trade for the guy that you already seen have success at the NFL level or believe in the talent of his receiver class and think you can get a fair enough replacement instead for cheaper for the next five years? Because I think the top five guys at least are all going to go in the first round. And that just speaks to, I think, the top end talent. Is there a Jamar Chase in this draft class? I don't think that there is. But if you were to tell me any one of these five guys are your favorite guy and you think they will be the best receiver of this class five years from now, I'm not going to argue with you that hard. That's how talented I think these top five receivers are and how close they are together. Now, when it comes to Drake London himself, for me, I comped him to Mike Evans. I think he can play the slot a little bit more than a Mike Evans does, but I did that to illustrate this point. London gets knocked for not being a burner People question whether or not he'll be a deep field threat in the NFL. Watch his tape. What does Mike Evans do? He doesn't get he doesn't get deep down the field. He doesn't beat defenders down the field because he's blazing by them. He's long strider, so he's deceptively fast, but he's able to create space at the top end of routes due to that fact. He can do a little, little hip shift in and up. That gives you that separation the last second, plus being 6'5". You can throw the ball high and deep and have him go high point the ball as well. Drake London will be able to get down the field when needed in the NFL. So this whole idea that he can't be a down-the-field threat really boggles my mind for some of those people out there. He runs really good routes for a guy who's 6'5", too. Got better hips. Usually guys that tall, they have a little bit of a problem being able to sink their hips in and out of their brakes. He doesn't have that same issue. In fact, the only knocks I have on him is that, yes, he's not the fastest guy in the world. That's it. That's the, that's the only knock I have on him. Everything else he is either good at or has the potential to be great at. There's really not many weaknesses in his game. Did you have something to rebuttal? I was just going to say the guy that he reminds me of, and he said comic Evans, I think he's Larry Fitzgerald. I think if you look at Larry Fitzgerald coming out of out of the college, what they bring to the skill set, they, they're kind of combination of the inside guy who can run all different routes, but also uses big bodies in the outside. Um, Larry Fitzgerald was one hell of a receiver for a long, long time in the NFL. So I think that's a guy that, for me, I see a lot of similar kind of traits where even if he is kind of more of a guy that you use inside, Larry Fitzgerald didn't get hawked in the Super Bowl. So as you kind of pointed out, when it comes down to game tape, these guys, when they don't get hawked in the game tape, that's the speed you mat- that matters most. Yeah, totally agree. Let's move on. Let's talk about a guy that, like I said, I'm not going to argue with anybody who wants to take any one of these top five guys and say this is going to be the best guy. But this is the one that I think I struggle with a little bit as far as those top receivers go of definitively being that guy. Because a lot of people feel really sure about themselves when it comes to a Garrett Wilson. Now, I like Garrett Wilson. Let's not get this twist. I think he's just as quick as he is fast. He ran the 4-3-8-40, and he's got great shiftiness in and out of his breaks. I think he's a great route runner. He's got good hands. He's a little light. Like, I don't really believe he's 192. He's the skinniest 192 I've ever seen in my life. My one issue that I have with Wilson is that I am not sure he's ready to come out into the NFL day one and be a perimeter receiver. I don't know if he's ready to come out and beat press coverage off the jump. I question if 
he's not more of a guy that needs to stay inside and be a slot receiver at the very least early on in his career until he's able to learn to use his hands more properly at the line of scrimmage. Now, there's ways to get around that. You can you know, Obviously, you can line up in the slot. You can be the second perimeter receiver who's usually off the ball to try to give him some separation. You can use him in motion. All things, by the way, I think you should do. But I think of these top five receivers, he's the guy that, in my estimation, needs to be in the right situation the most where all the other guys, I feel like there's not a system that I could plug them into that they would not succeed. That's my only thing on Garrett Wilson because everything else I love about him. I, by the way, I, I comped him to Devin Smith, who I had similar concerns about last year, but still had a first round grade on the same goes for Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I'm not worried about where Garrett Wilson's going to play in the NFL. I think that he can, you know, where his fit necessarily is, uh, Garrett Wilson for me is a guy that is explosive. I I, understand, I hear what you're saying when the kind of is he physical enough to kind of handle the outside yet. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think Elijah Moore was kind of a good uh, comp in a way of a guy who was probably going to start more on the inside and better at that than necessarily the outside. But I think this is a guy that has all the ability you're looking for. And what I kind of see for myself is a, a Stephon Diggs type of player, um, a guy who can get in and out of his breaks. He can make people miss in the short yards. He can beat you deep. And I think that he's going to have the quickness and he has the hips, I think, to learn to be able to get off you know, press coverage. So while the physicality, I don't disagree, is going to be something even that's kind of improve on. I do think with the NFL and how the rules have kind of changed and spread, how the offenses are more and more spread oriented, I think there's definitely opportunity to kind of get him, you know, like you talk about bunch formations, different things you can kind of utilize. Um, I think he's going to be a guy who's going to kind of hit the ground running. Uh, Deontay Johnson, another guy kind of jumps off the mind. I think he has a lot of those kind of skill sets where you can definitely start him off the slot, but he can kind of wind up being on the outside. And I think he'll get better and better as his kind of career goes on. But I love Garrett Wilson. Can't totally disagree. But Wilson does do a good job of setting me up for this next segue. So I'm going to hit the hot take. (laughs) We're sticking with Ohio State. And this is one of the reasons why I questioned a little bit about Garrett Wilson and his overall love as the second best or maybe even the best receiver of this draft class for some people. And that's because I like Chris Olave more. Watch the Ohio State tape. There's plenty of Garrett Wilson highlights. Don't get me twisted. But more times than not, the guy who was changing that game was Chris Olave. The guy who can play on the perimeter and play on the inside. The guy who can clearly take the top off and does it consistently as a big play threat. But I think he can also do all the inter-tween stuff. I comped him to a Chris Godwin. Reminds me a lot. Now, he's not as big as Chris Godwin is. And I would like to see Olave put on... 10 pounds of muscle if, if that's possible. And I think with his frame, it is. But the guy's going to run inside, outside, good routes, be able to take the top off when needed, and just be that guy. That guy who moves the chains consistently, and there's nothing you can do to take him away. I love Chris Olave, and I like him more than Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I don't like him more. I did going into last year. Um, so I'll be kind of upfront. We're definitely scouting coming into the offseason. I wanted to like Chris Olave better than Wilson because I was kind of you know down on the rhetoric, I thought. Um, but when I put the game tape on, I think Chris Olave is one great receiver. And I think one of the problems for him was that there was a, a freshman kid that kind of was really good for that Ohio or sophomore, I should say, for Ohio State. Um, and then you have Garrett Wilson as well. So he kind of didn't have that shine. But for the first two, three years of this guy's you know college career, he was the man in Ohio State. He was one of the top receivers of people's boards. He reminds me of Brandon Cooks. So I don't think he's a guy that I'm going to hate on in any kind of capacity. And I think you can make an argument. He could bring a different, you know, 
a level of game to your your team, so maybe he could be a better fit for certain teams than others. I don't know if I love him more than Garrett Wilson, but I definitely won't you know crap on him as a result of that because I think he's definitely a game changer and a guy who's a better route runner than people realize. He's a, he definitely has the speed, like I said, Brandon Cooks. But it don't, as you pointed out, this guy can also move the chains, no problem. There's something I want to point out, the first three guys that we just talked about, too. When we go through our draft evaluations, I'm also putting together what my overall fantasy football projection for them is going to be in their career for Dynasty and or even 2022. And just to kind of, again, put that image out there of how close these guys are in my evaluations and how top-end talent they are. Drake London, uh, fantasy football projection, high-end wide receiver two at least, at least low and wide receiver one potential. Oh, by the way, Garrett Wilson, same thing. Oh, by the way, Chris Olave, same thing. These guys have the tools, have the skill sets that they all grade out to be top end potential top receivers in your fantasy football drafts, whether it be dynasty and in some of their cases, 2022. Now, the only guy I have a little bit of a question about, will he definitively have an impact in 2022? And a lot of this based on his recovery is Jamison Williams. Now, Jamison Williams is the guy that I stand back. I'm like, look, had you not blown your ACL in a national championship, Jamison Williams is the guy that I would be talking about with Drake London as my 1A, 1B of, I don't know which one I would take higher. And if it just had, and really long term, that ACL may have no impact. I mean, the, the latest news on him right now in his recovery is that he's way ahead of schedule to the point of they're talking about six to eight months from when he had the injury, this might be a guy who's ready to go, which if that's if that's true, if that's the case, we're talking about somewhere between June and August as potential times that he might get cleared for contact, which is incredible to think about when you're talking about an ACL happening later on in the season. But what that also does, especially as we go into the NFL draft, is open up the door on the idea that he might be available week one, ready to hit the ground running by maybe October and have an impact for some of these teams that he's rumored to go to in mock drafts. Because that's the thing about Jameson Williams. He might be the perfect storm, Chris. He might be that guy because not only does he have the talent, because he had this injury, he's going a little bit after Drake London's, the Garrett Wilson's, maybe even the Chris Olave's of the world, which means we're looking at teams like the Chiefs, like the Packers, teams that have good offenses with good quarterbacks and potential scenarios where he could walk in and be one of the top targets of the offense. He is my Justin Jefferson type this year where he just has the perfect storm brewing and starting off right away in 2022 when no one would have thought it, Jameson Williams might be the guy, the man, right from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely be very impressive if he was able to kind of, you know, hit the ground running throughout the start of the season. But you absolutely hit the nail on the head with it. I think this guy is one of the most talented receivers in this draft class. I think it's kind of a pick-your-flavor, which is kind of interesting with this draft where as I, you talked about, you know, who's the top guy. I think it's kind of what you want, in a sense, because there's so many variety of different things. But what, what this guy brings to, your ta- you know, brings to the table is game-changing ability. Um, I look at what Tyreek Hill did when he was younger and his speed. And you talk there's no necessarily a Jamar Chase in this draft. I don't think he runs route like Jamar Chase necessarily, but the impact, a game changer, explosive, big play guy, this guy's going to get separation just being out there before he even learns how to even get better at receiver. Um, this is where it's going to be scary where his, his upside and his ceiling could be. There's This guy doesn't, he's six foot two and runs like Tyreek Hill and can shift in and out of his breaks. 
that's what you don't really see very often. And that's where I think this is going to be something that, to your point, whoever gets their hands on is going to be very, very excited to kind of figure out how to get him the ball. And don't be surprised if you saw you look down on the scoreboard and you see another 50-yard touchdown, another 65-yard touchdown, Pat, because big play is written all over him. He's going to be able to get separation just by kind of running across his slants and then it goes. I just think there's so many things he can do, bring to the table right off the bat, and his manufacturing touches on top of everything. I love Jameson Williams. I was disappointed he got injured, but I'm really excited if he's going to be able to kind of hit you know the, the ground running because I was super excited to see this guy on the field. Well, and, and that's the thing with James Williams. He has the skill set that you look for when you're looking for rookie wide receivers to break out year one. You're looking out. You're looking out for the explosive ability. You're looking out for the deep play ability. That's what's going to have them break out fantasy football wise right off the bat. Is hitting those home runs, being able to win you a week by themselves. He has that skill set. Oh, by the way, I think he's an underrated route runner. I comped him to being a taller Jalen Waddle. I think he could be able to play the inside if you needed him to be. He's just as explosive. We all love Jalen Waddle. I think there's really no difference between him and James Williams other than Williams is three inches taller, four inches taller than Jalen Waddle is. So, yeah, I love this guy. I'm curious where he is, but he's the guy I'm probably the most excited about because of his skill set and where he might land in that first round. He might not have to deal with these teams that are still trying to figure it out offensively or in the gutter. He might be going to these playoff contending teams right off the bat, which would be the perfect scenario for him. One more guy I want to get to before we get to the break. Traylon Burks. I love Traylon Burks, but not for the same reason that I think other people like him. People keep trying to comp him to Debo Samuel, which is just ridiculous. Like, Chris, ask me, riddle me this. Just because a wide receiver in college gets a couple of snaps out of the backfield, they all have to be Debo Samuels now? Yeah, everybody gets comped by some, you know, the flavor of the, of the, the month, I guess, or flavor of the year. It seems like anybody gets kind of utilized different ways is now Debo Samuel. If you're, you know, any kind of hybrid, we saw that with Vesca Chenault. Vesca Chenault to you know, Traylon Burks, to me, is completely different of what you're comparing a player and what they bring to the table. And I think Traylon Burks is being seriously disrespected in this draft because he didn't run, you know, a 4-3 or 4-4. Um, and I also want to point out, the end riddled me this, if Debo Samuel is going for all these draft picks and Traylon Burks could be better than he is, how do, how do GMs justify doing that? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you there. Again, that just goes back to... Do you want the guy because he's already done at the NFL level rather than potential? But yeah, I, I'm with you, which is why I'm not I'm not signing these wide receivers to these $25, $30 million contracts. There's too many good ones coming out of college every single year. I'm not doing it. I'm not trading five draft picks for any wide receivers. I'm not doing any of those things because it hasn't been just this class. Look at the last three years. Look at the classes upcoming. Wide receiver, passing games, quarterbacks. These are all the positions that are now of strength coming from the college ranks. Maybe not quarterback this year, but wide receiver for the most part been pretty consistent and is projected to be so for at least the next couple of years. So I'm not wasting all my resources on a wide receiver. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it will come back to bite teams later on, but maybe not this year. And that's why I do think Debo is Casano, for the record, just go back to that real quick. I do think he will be on the move either, if not draft day, right before draft day. I do think that move is going to happen. But I want to get back to Traylon Burks. You mentioned the 40 time. Now, for those who don't know, he ran a 4 5 5 40. What do I say all the time when we break down these rookies? Watch the film. Chris, you mentioned earlier with Drake London. Does he get hawked? No. No, he doesn't. Does he turn the corner? Yes. Yes, he does. Which means that when this guy is on the field and on game speed, he's as fast as you need him to be. 
I comped him as Devontae Adams, who I think he is to a T. He's a little bit raw in his breaks, just like kind of like Adams was. He's got to learn to sink his hips a little bit more to kind of, instead of going around off, he can kind of edge it off when he does his inside-outside breaks. So he's a little fine-tuning there with, with the hips and with the footwork. But he's that type of guy that you just target over and over and over again, like he's a running back on the outside. He's that receiver you get the ball to, and he closes out games for you because the more he gets it in his hands, the more yards after catch he gets, the more breaking tackles he gets. That's the type of guy he is, and we saw it already in college. He can play the inside. He can play the outside. There's nowhere on the field he can't go. Oh, by the way, he's a physical freak, 6'3", 225. I've seen some comps out there. That link him to an A.J. Brown, I don't think that's a bad comp either. But Devontae Adams, I, he just screams that to me. I think he'll be a touchdown freak. Uh, honestly, it's why if I'm the Packers, you really want to replace Devontae Adams. The guy I'm going with would be Burks personally. Yeah, I think a lot of teams, and any of these teams are interested in Debo Samuel, save yourself the money and go over Traylon Burks as well. Um, I think that you make a great point about Traylon Burks. This is a guy that can bring so much to the table. I love your comparison to Devontae Adams, and you kind of brought that up off the air one day, and it would really hit home because I was really struggling with this guy because I see some A.J. Brown, but I also see some D.K. Metcalf. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And the, the closest hybrid of those guys that could come my, from my day was Terrell Owens. I think he kind of brings there's, there's, there's stallions where you talked about these guys who get stronger as the game comes on. They're able to break tackles. They're able to be physical. And then, oh, by the way, you're big, tall, and you have hands the size of Kawhi Leonard's. And you basically have two baseball gloves as you're catching the ball without there. So this guy has so much more potential upside and was dominant in the last year of college. You know, people talk about him getting better and he is outrunning me kind of raw. You know, caught for 225 yards versus Texas. So this guy is not for being raw. He's learning how to do what he needs to do out there. So I love Traylon Burks. I'm not worried about the 40 time. I know it wasn't necessarily pretty compared to everybody else's, but he didn't run a 4.7. He ran a 4.55. We've seen plenty of receivers be successful with that kind of numbers, particularly built 6'3", 225, and have the ability to get low. I think that's something you probably, you're probably excited about too, Dan, because I have no worries while you have questions about can he line up on the outside. He's only mostly in the slot again. Uh I think this guy has incredible hands, and if you can get low, you can get off press coverage, in my opinion. Terrell Owens, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, all the guys we just listed in comparison to, I think we got a theme going on there with our Traylon Burks uh, analysis. Guys, we got more to come on the other side, more receivers to talk about before we close out the show, so everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. 
Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle 5 in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you'll need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with an LED light so you'll know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provided proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After clearing your nose, make sure you get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using the Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in, MD Nation. You're watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're live on Belly Up TV. We're live on Roku. We're live on YouTube. And you can check us out after the show on your favorite podcast app. We're talking about our, I want to say favorite, our, our overall analysis on rookie wide receivers. The NFL Draft is next week. We have our big spectacular palooza, however you want to phrase it. All these different guests we have coming on. The show is going to kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Belly Up TV, on Roku, on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out there. Comment in throughout the show. We're going to have a lot of fun breaking all the analysis down from three different angles, NFL, fantasy, and pick-by-pick betting analysis. I'm your host, Dan Meter. I'm joined here with Chris Dahauer. Let's continue on this wide receiver analysis. So we got through the top five guys. And like we said, with those guys, we all agree whether we would shift them a little bit differently in our rankings as far as what our top five order would be. All five of those guys, I think, are legitimate starters that have wide receiver one potential in fantasy football purposes. There is a gap between them, I believe, in the next tier. Enough of a gap to where I say if none of those guys drop from the first tier into the second round, I don't know how many of these guys I really value in the second round. Because the one thing that's weird about this draft class is that while there's a lot of good receivers, there's so many good late. I'd rather take some of these guys in the third, fourth, fifth round than some of the guys are rumored to go in the second round. And one of those guys that I'm talking about is, is, is Sky Moore here. And this is a guy that... I think he's just strictly a slot receiver, but he's he should be a good slot receiver. He gets in and out of his breaks really well. He's he's bigger than your typical slot type of guy. He's 5'11". He's got a little stocky build to him. But I just don't think he can play the perimeter, and the, the, the consensus is that he's going in the second round. If that's going to happen, he's got to go to the right team. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of to your point, there's a lot of guys that have similar skill sets. I think after you get past the top guys in this draft class, there's definitely a lot of guys that are, are kind of pick your preference. Um, their skill sets are so similar. I think you can find, a, a, you know, beyond a 20 Sky Moors in this draft possibly because there's not a guy who just brings a, a huge skill set. He gets in out breaks well, you know, semi-fast, but 5'10", uh, probably best in the inside. I think you're going to hear that a lot to spread offenses that are kind of we've seen in college. You're going to have a lot of guys who are kind of built like Sky Moore, kind of like similar kind of profiles coming out. So I'm with you. I'm not spending my draft capital on this kind of, you know, second tier of receivers. The top tier receivers, I think, are guys that I definitely want to get my hands on because they seem like they're definitely game changers. They're guys who have clear roles. These are guys who kind of, you know, people who got drafted last over the last two, three years were kind of the answer, quote unquote, the receiver position weren't the answers. A lot of these guys could be the same questions, you know, moving forward. Yeah, and I'm just like I said, I'm just gonna be kind of curious to see because while this has become a passing league, right? The slot receivers still on the field the least amount of time as far as the starting quote unquote wide receivers go, and you know that third receiver is kind of considered a, a starter now at this point. So spending that kind of draft capital again on a deep wide receiver draft class when you can get there's guys there you can get that definitively can do inside outside. I just don't know if Sky Moore is one of those guys. But at the same time, if he were to go to, I don't know, a Kansas City Chiefs team, for instance, a team that legitimately uses three receivers, I think he could do well there because he does have a nice skill set. So I don't want to be like, I I'll hate give you, him. I'll guy. give you a good fit for him. I think it's the Colts. That, that, that would be a good one, too. Although I think that would take away from Michael Pittman because he's best on the inside. Let's talk about another guy who I'm a little bit iffy on that second round, but I do like some things that he does. Jahan Dotson. Now, John Dotson out of Penn State ran a 4-4-3-40. I am out on this guy. If he goes in that second round, I think he's a bust. I actually linked him to Kiki Kute, not meaning not only do I think you're strictly a slot receiver, but on the field, on the film, I'm not overly impressed. Yeah, we definitely differ with Dotson. Um, I think this guy is, is a guy that I would argue definitely should be in the second round. You could possibly take him in that late first round if you're the you know Green Bay or you're the Chiefs. Um, I think this guy brings a, a game changing ability. I taught him you know talk about Chris Olave reminding me of Brandon Cooks. Uh, Johnson has that similar skill set too. Is an explosive guy. He put the ball in his hands. He can get you know big plays whether it's inside the slot, outside. He did play a lot of outside receivers, so it's not something you can't say you haven't seen necessarily him do. Um, and he had some pretty good corners he's faced you know over the years in college. Um, so I think that you look at all those different things. Dotson to me is a guy I'm definitely more higher on than you are. I definitely think he's a more of a vertical threat and a shifty guy that you can get the ball in his hands and kind of create in space. So I think he has a clear role in the NFL. A guy that's probably going to be best served to start off on the inside, but I think can you know definitely play both position, both the inside and the outside moving forward. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, so this is going to be our first big debate. He doesn't belong anywhere near the first round. Let's get that out the way first and foremost. This is a guy that nothing, nothing special to be jumped out on tape. Is he good at a couple of different things? Yes. He does he run good routes? Does he have decent hands? Does he have decent straight line speed? All that is a check, check, and a check. But for him, he, I think he's strictly a, a slot receiver. Remember, he's 5'11, 184, but his frame is even leaner than that. He's not getting off press coverages. He doesn't have the fighting hands to get off on the perimeter on the outside. And again, on, on tape, there's just a lot of times in big games and big moments, you're looking for somebody to make a play. You have to go to your top receiver. And I'm left there sitting there holding the bag like, where are you? 
Where are you, Dotson? Their quarterback could answer that question for you. Robinson stinks, but go ahead. I, I, it's more than just Robinson stinking. Uh, there's a, quite a few drops in certain situations that, that pop up on me as well. Again, I think this guy is a a one specialty type of receiver. I think his frame says that unless he was able to put on 20 pounds of muscle, I don't think he ever gets out from being the slot guy. If he goes in those couple of mid rounds, I think this is going to be one of the first busts that we actually talk about coming off. I could disagree more. Before. Okay. We will, we will see on that one. What do you think about Tolbert? Let's move into Tolbert here and see if we disagree or agree on him. Yeah. I'm more inclined to agree with you that Tolbert could be that bust that you're kind of talking about. If he goes in the second round, uh, definitely a vertical threat, a big play guy. He could, you know, has explosive ability. Ran a good forty at the combine. People are excited about kind of his his blazing in and out of his, his breaks. Um, I just don't really see a lot of technique, and I don't love him. Kind of, you know, where I think he can do as a route tree. I think that he's a quick guy that can get in and out of his breaks, and a guy who can run vertical. I think he can really run great comebacks or uh, outs very well. He doesn't use his body that all that well. So I look at a guy who I think is definitely a guy that can kind of stretch the field, um, will be best fit probably like an Anthony Schwartz type of a role um, or a guy who's kind of asked to just kind of open up things, maybe take a shot down. You might hope that he has more. Like a, you know, Donovan People jones kind of showed in Cleveland as you know, a similar guy, um, as an explosive guy in college. But I think this is a guy who's going to be a, kind of a one-trick pony in the NFL. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, two for two on the base. Now I'm totally against you on this one. I love, I love Jahan Tol- uh, uh, Jalen Tolbert. Excuse me, coming out of South Alabama, ran the four four at nine. I comped him to Michael Gallup. Now some of the cons I'm with you on. He does need to expand his route tree. That's something he has to work on. Uh, I think he needs to put on five to ten more pounds to really fill his frame to really be that perimeter wide receiver that he could be. But this is a guy who has a true good size and speed combination going for him. He was against a lot of tough competition, played against a lot of double coverage, a lot of triple coverage, was still able to make great catches in traffic despite all of that. There's a lot of things I like about his upside more so as looking for those guys who can play the inside and out. But Tolbert has the capability, 1.5, 10 more pounds, but he has the capability that I've seen to really be a standout perimeter wide receiver in the NFL. So another guy we're going to be at odds with when we get to the NFL draft coverage coming up next week. Go ahead. If you have anything to rebuttal real quick. I was going to say, I, I almost guarantee Dotson has a better career and definitely we were productive than Tolbert is. I think that you're sleeping on the guy right now. Um, but I, I, I don't agree that Tolbert has some potential to be an impact guy because he does have a nice combination of speed and you know, uh, ability to make guys miss. We're going to have to take that bet uh, at some point, but let's keep moving this thing along here. Justin Ross, 6'4", 205, Coming out of Clemson, got him as a tall perimeter wide receiver. Not a fan of this guy, but are you? No. Um, so just to kind of clarify for MD Nation, we kind of went off the 12 receivers that are the consensus of the top guys in the sense of all the different draft boards and kind of give you those 12. Justin Ross would not be a guy I would have on my radar. This is a guy that I think is kind of living off the hype he had coming in his freshman year. Coming out of high school, he was the top recruit. People wanted him to kind of be the next big thing in Clemson. Um, he had injury kind of issues as a result of the next two years, and people kind of attributed that to the, you know his lasting success. I just don't think he's very good. I think he's tall. I think he could be somebody that might be you know a productive Kenyon Board type of guy. Maybe he can block for you pretty decently, and you know maybe use an inside outside one occasionally. But overall, it's not a guy that impresses me at all. I think this guy is not somebody who should be going in, in the first three rounds. Um, they, if he goes around five, six, 
you know, so be it. But not like I'm keeping my fantasy radar next year. Yeah, and he's somebody that lately has been kind of all over the place. He ran a disappointing 40, so his stock has kind of come down a little bit. But I wanted to put him in there because he's somebody who still gets routinely put in that third to fifth round territory in a lot of mock drafts. And I'm with you. I don't I don't see it. I mean, my pros for him is that he's got good size. He's a decent blocker. And he can high point the ball as you would expect out of a tall receiver. You know who else can do that? Pretty much every receiver who's 6'3", 6'4", coming into this league. But the problems that I have with him, he gets no separation. He doesn't show the speed on film. It matches up with the disappointing 40 time, quite frankly, trying to get down the field. And furthermore, he doesn't get off press coverage as a big guy. I think he'd have to be relegated to being a big slot receiver in order to be effective in the NFL. I comped him to Kelvin Harmon, who I think he is to a T, and flamed out quite quite quickly. So this is Justin Ross, somebody I'm not big on at all heading into this draft process whatsoever. Surprising for a receiver coming out of Clemson for me to not be big on him, but there's a lot of things I'm just not liking. I'm just not seeing. Here's somebody that I think we also differ on, so we'll find out. I might get to hit the debate button again. But Khalil Shakir, go ahead, Chris. What, what do you think about Khalil Shakir? Another guy that I will also go on record and say will be better than Tolbert in his NFL career. I love Khalil Shakir. I think he's definitely a slot receiver and a starting slot receiver. Can he be used on the outside? I am not quite sure of that. But what I am sure of is he's going to be able to get open in the intermediate, the short round, and he can also, once the ball is in his hands, he's a game changer. Um, I think this guy can be somebody that you can just look to get manufacture. A lot of things that people have tried to get, do for other receivers coming into the, you know, the Debo role, as you kind of talked about earlier, um, but he's not a guy who's necessarily going to have to be pigeonholed that. I do like how he runs his patterns. He's been very productive in his college career. He's gotten better every year. And I think he, he has a dog in him. And I ultimately, you put all those things together, this is a guy I think would be very productive in the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of catches people off guard his rookie year and kind of maybe steals a starting position or as kind of sniffing an early opportunity to do so. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I was right. I do get to hit the debate button one more time. Oh, my I think comp he has, is, is Randall Cobb. So, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. My comp is Leontay Carew, the Rutgers guy who played in the Dolphins as a slot receiver. There's some things about Shakir I definitely like. And I think if he could wind up playing a Jarvis Landry-type role where he gets drafted to be a slot receiver and he gets featured – as that slot receiver for wherever he goes. I think he could do something similar in his career, but he's a pigeonhole slot receiver. For a guy who's six foot and 190, that's the size that you're looking for in today's league to be able to play the perimeter. I don't see it. He gets thrown backwards too often. He doesn't have a low center of gravity. He doesn't have the hands. He doesn't do well with placing his hands to get off and shed that press coverage. He's also- yeah, I wouldn't want to move him outside either. My 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 big issue with him ultimately though is that he doesn't play as fast as that forty would indicate. They ran a four four three forty time, and that was a great time. What I see on film is a guy who does not possess a second gear after the catch. I think I had the stat here in front. Yeah, he was one hundred twenty fifth out of eligible receivers in yards after contact. He doesn't break many tackles. He doesn't get out from underneath. I don't see the speed burst. That would suggest that you would have with a four four three forty. So those two she things not matching up. Teams tape of how and many returns for touchdowns he had there. He's shifty. He's shifty, but that's not because of his speed. He is shifty. 
But it doesn't come out when he's running routes. It doesn't come out when he's in the middle of the field in the slot. And that's my problem. And when I see guys that have, have a clear description in how they play and what 40 they ran, that's usually a red flag for me. No, I definitely would understand that. Like I said, I, I see Randall Cobb out there. I think that he is a little bit raw, getting a little better at the route running, as you kind of talked about. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be an ideal outside receiver, nor should he be utilized in that role, in my opinion. But I think Randall Cobb is a good comp- comparison where this guy can do a little bit of everything. He can line up in the backfield. You can use him easily as a gadget player early on in his career. And I think as he progresses, he'll be a clear-cut best friend for a quarterback as that slot receiver. But he'd have to be in a role where he could just be the slot receiver. And again, I don't like guys that have to be in very specific schemes in order for them to fit, especially going into the draft process. Now, we'll see. You know, we come out of the NFL draft, we find out where all these guys go. You're going to see our value, and some of our guys are going to shift a little bit depending upon location. That's just the natural of it. But I do have a lot of red flags when it comes to Khalil Shock here. If you're looking at him from a dynasty standpoint, I got him as a wide receiver five, I think, in his career moving forward as a result to that. There's well, a lot yeah, of career, he's in the league. Well, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of speed size combinations in this draft. A lot. Another guy who's like that, Christian Watson. Now, this is that guy. I think he's he's the epitome of a boomer bust. I like his skill set. Still very raw. Didn't play against a lot of great competition. Did was highly productive though against that competition. So at least he has that check mark at him. But what do you see out of Christian Watson? I love the height. I love the speed. I don't love the tape. Um, and to be honest, it's hard to kind of get good tape on him because the team threw the ball so little. He is very explosive. He didn't put up numbers necessarily as a, you know as a result of his great speed combination. To me, he's the classic Green Bay Packer receiver over the last few years. He's MVS in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's what you're kind of waiting to see. Will he bring it together and be, get better? Or will he just always kind of be that size speed guy? I haven't really seen him kind of, you know, learn the finer intricacies of the game as his career kind of progressed in college, but I can't necessarily blame him because, like I said, they didn't throw the ball very much. Um, But I do see the height speed that you would kind of be curious about. I don't like to talk about him going in the first two rounds or first round at all, Um, but I think where if he was going like the fourth, fifth round, he's definitely a guy you have as a project and keep your eye on fantasy-wise for type of explosiveness. Explosive receivers that can run like that could be somebody to kind of keep your eye on like a Chase Claypool. That's uh, yeah. Well, I have him comp to Martavius Bryant, so we're we're not too far away on that, and that's what makes him interesting. This is a guy that if if he walks into the right situation where he just gets to be the vertical perimeter threat, year one. People might be falling in love with Christian Watson as a fantasy football sleeper, as a fantasy football dynamo in best ball leagues and redraft leagues even right away in 2022 because he has that type of skill set. But from a complete receiver standpoint, this isn't a guy that projects out to be a star or ever be a wide receiver one, at least not anytime soon, unless you would magically put it all together. And in my experience, Chris, I think you probably agree with this. Typically speaking, when a guy has that far to go, he doesn't generally put it all together. Very, very rare cases. But could he be yeah. a Martavius Bryant? Could he be a Chase Claypool? I think that's a possibility. I don't love those two comps just because I think they are more shifty and have better hips um, than he does. I think for me, he's a guy that's more of a vertical threat. Um, and I think that's a, a guy that you're kind of looking, like I said, like an MVS or somebody who's going to kind of be that in that role that would be exciting for the big play opportunities and the touchdown, long touchdowns. But I don't think he's ever really going to be a guy that you can kind of rely on for, you know, week in, week out production. Um, 
so I do have really concerns about Watson just fundamentally when it comes to the NFL, but I don't think he's going to be quite good at those two guys either because I think they have a little more skill set. They kind of added a little more um, smoothness to their route running, more of the ability to kind of get in and out of their breaks a little better. And I think they have more upside with the ball in their hands. This guy to me is pretty much a guy that's um, a guy that probably, I think went to the same school possibly, but Patrick from Denver is probably a guy you could profile. They ran a similar 40. Hey, Tim Patrick's a Rutgers guy. boy, first of all. Sorry. Well, there you go. So there you got <laughs> Rutgers boy, Tim Patrick. Um, but yeah, I think that you kind of look at a similar size, similar speed, had you know a similar kind of combine production. So I think you look at all the different things. To me, that's the guy you're kind of hoping for that maybe you could get, or like I said, or MBS. And this is why he's one of these boom bust projects because we can see the talent, but there's a long learning curve to go along with it. All right, let's talk about the last main guy that we have. We'll get to a couple of guys that we didn't talk about that we like and dislike afterwards. But let's talk about David Bell. This guy was coming in, was projected to be one of the top receivers of this draft class, fallen way down, disappointed in some of his combine numbers, uh, right at 465-40, wasn't as explosive as people were, were hoping he would be. But you know what I see on tape? I see a wide receiver. I see a guy who has a natural inclination, was born to play the position. I see a guy who knows how to get open. I see a guy who has great hands. I see a guy who made terrific catches in double and triple coverage. Everybody knew in Purdue, especially after Rondell Moore was drafted last year, David Bell was getting the ball. And I saw a guy who came through and moved the chains whenever you needed him to. I saw reliability. I saw TJ Hushmanzada. That's why I actually wound up copying him to physical do i think he'd be better suited to play a more physical type of slot receiver yes but can he also play the outside yes am i worried about the 40 time no i'm not going to use him as a deep threat obviously but if you need an anchor a possession receiver i still love david bell and now we're talking about a guy who's between the fourth and seventh rounds day three draft pick Give me David Bell all day, every day. One of my top sleepers coming into this draft class. Everyone's way too down on him just based on some measurables. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. David Bell is one of my favorite receivers coming into this draft as well. Um, and I myself was disappointed by the combine. I thought he was going to you know, do a little better than that. Having said that, before people overreact, don't forget the guy who just led the league in you know, receiving yards and fantasy points probably. Cooper Cup um, ran almost exactly the same 40. Um, had very similar kind of ability as you talk about a guy who's just a good receiver. He get in out of his breaks. He gets open. He knows how to use his body. It didn't matter if he double teamed him. It didn't matter if he triple teamed him. It didn't matter who his quarterback was. David Bell figured out somehow some way to show up for you. This is a guy to me that's going to have a 10 to 12 year career. I mean, will he be that guy who's going to have you know 18, 19 yards in a season? Probably no. But is he a guy who's going to be year in, year out, a guy who's going to probably sniff around that 1,200 yards um, to you know, 8 to 10 touchdowns? To me, the worst-case scenario, in a sense, for him could be Keenan Allen. And I think you, when you look at a guy who just brings that kind of talent, that light in the draft, people are really going to get a, a hell of a diamond in the rough, in my opinion, whoever winds up with David Bell. And fantasy owners should definitely keep this guy on the radar, especially if you're PPR league. Well, and we're talking about David Bell. I mean, he's probably going to be just spitballing here. Around three, round four dynasty rookie draft pick, just because of the, the late capital that he's now projected to get, and that winds up being the case. I'm telling you right now, this is the guy of all the of all the receivers that I like late. 
David Bell is the guy I like the most out of all of them. Tony, keep him on your radar. But going off of that, Chris, give me two receivers, either two that you like that we didn't talk about, or maybe one that you like, one that you don't like, whatever the case may be. But give me give me two other guys that we didn't talk about. Well, I'll throw out one of the names is Pickens. Uh, the guy from Georgia, he seems to be everybody's kind of darling because he was injured, has similar, you know, a, a big physical guy, definitely explosive. Um, but I don't necessarily love what I see. I know that he was injured coming off injury last year. He didn't really do anything when he did come back. A guy that I'm not going to waste draft capital on, you hear Tom going first, second round. I think that was just stupid. Agree. Anybody, I hear one more stupid ass comp about him being compared to AJ Green, and I'm going to go ballistic all over everything. He was, he had a really good freshman year, I believe it was. And that's why everybody got a little excited because he broke out super early. So did Justin Ross. He's, he's been injured since then. But even the tape that he has since his freshman year, it's just not impressive. And best case scenario, best case scenario, he has all this physical talent. He's still going to have one hell of a learning curve in the NFL. And this is a guy that is being projected, talked about second, third round, maybe fourth now as his stock's been falling a little But we're talking about a guy possibly going on day two. Yeah, and a guy who I'd take over him would be Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, uh, a guy that I think actually brings some explosiveness. It's definitely a vertical threat. The worst thing for him, in a sense, is he might not ever be more than just a vertical threat, but that kind of T. Higgins role, so to speak, right now, definitely could still be somebody you want to have on your fantasy radar, and a guy that I think is you know definitely should be somebody people are watching for, and I would take over Pickens in a heartbeat. Um, and I'll throw one more name at you before I move on. Remy Dobbs another guy I love, too. Dobbs is a guy from Nevada, a receiver that I think is primarily lined up in the slot, a bigger receiver in the slot. But I think he has ability to kind of play outside at some point in his career. But he's a guy that I think right, right from day one will be a starter. He can make you miss. He can use his body well. Um, people are kind of down on his route running to a degree. I'm not. I think he shows all the skills that you kind of want, to, want from him. They run kind of very limited route tree because they run a, an air raid offense. I don't put that on him. I think he's a guy that's going to definitely be somebody that you want to have on your radars too. Because I think he's going to be one of those guys that sneaks into a starting lineup sooner than later as well. Yeah, Romeo Daz was the guy that I was going to mention. I'm going to quick go back to Alex Pierce real quick. Um, I comped into a poor man, Chase Claypool. I do think he might be a one-trick pony. But because of his size-speed combination, it could be an interesting one-trick pony for a period of time. Early, early, Will, early Will Fuller. Yeah, an early Will Fuller. That's a good one, too. But, yeah, I want I want to end this on Romeo Dobbs. I'm with you. He's another one I like. I actually comped him to a Marvin Jones. I think he's a bigger body receiver. I like to see him. He's another guy I like to see put on like another 5 to 10 pounds. But I do think he will be a perimeter receiver at some point. But be able to be that tweener of that perfect complementary where he goes inside, outside to whoever a star perimeter is maybe on the other side of that field. Romeo Dobbs, though, another guy who's going to go late. He's going to be available for you guys. Has a good speed, speed size combination, but also gets really underrated with his routes, really underrated with his catching and traffic. He was one of the top guys for that as well. Doesn't get enough love for that. Somebody also to keep your eyes on heading into next week. That's going to do it for us for today, by the way. Again, next week, guys, we're not going to have a show on Wednesday night because we're getting ready for the NFL draft. You're going to get enough of us about five to six hours worth on both Thursday night and Friday night. 
Make sure you're tuning in. Kicking off 7.30 p.m. on April 28th for the first round. We'll be at 6.30 p.m. April 29th for the second round. We'll be on Belly Up TV. We'll be on Roku. We'll be on the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel. I haven't decided if we're going to be on the podcast afterwards or not. We might. We'll, we'll see exactly what happens. I don't know if anybody – maybe I'll break it down by hours. I don't know if anybody wants to listen to a podcast for five straight hours. Maybe we'll break it down that way. But we'll be available to you guys. Make sure you're tuning in for it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Everyone take care. Get ready for your drafts next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.